encourage you to uh, bring friends along to the Christmas and production is going to be absolutely fantastic. Well, are you ready for the Word of God tonight? Yeah. <laughs> are you ready for the Word of God tonight? Yeah. Well, we've got a fantastic preacher here tonight. Yeah. The first time up here, preaching on a Sunday service at Bay City Outreach Centre, we have... Anna Duxfield. Come on, let's put up together for Anna. Woo! Come on, let's give it to Jesus tonight. Praise. It's awesome. Have you got your Bible with you tonight? Wave it at me. Make sure you tell me the truth. All right, are you ready? Are you ready for the Word of God? That's good. Will you turn with me to Genesis Chapter 12, verse 1. Give me a holler when you've got it. Holler, holler. I want to talk to you about a man, and his name's Abraham. He's an awesome man. I actually quite envy him, the things that he had with God. He talks about him, and he's, he's described as a man of faith. When God used to tell him stuff, he used to go, Okay, God, I believe it because you said it. That's the kind of man he was. And he used to also, I just want to describe him a bit to you because we're going to talk about him a bit tonight and see if you can um, see which part that I talk about you can identify with as well because I want to put some challenges out to you tonight and give you an opportunity to actually see God come in this place on your life if you want it, if you want it, if you want it. Abraham was a man and he hung out with God. I was reading through Genesis with a couple of girls for our Bible study and it was, oh, it was awesome. But like all the way through, he just kept like, he'll go around and do stuff. He kept stopping, building altars and get on his face before God. Like, I don't know how many times it was, I haven't stopped and counted them all, but you read through the chapters and Abraham stopped, built an altar and hung out with God. Like, I don't know about you. I mean, I haven't built an altar. I don't know how long it would take to put the stones together and build an altar. And there, the presence of God would come and he would meet with him and God would speak to him. I think that's awesome. That's so awesome. I'm going to try next time I'm at the river, see how long it takes me. But anyways, so also just, but one thing about building an altar, Abraham was a man that valued the presence of God. That's what it was all about. It wasn't about building little piles of stones. It was stopping and making time to meet with the presence of God and have him speak. That is what he valued. And that's what I want in my life. Do you want that in your life? Yeah. So he valued the presence of God. So this story picks up Genesis chapter 12. Let's find it again. Genesis chapter 12, 12, 12, verse 1. Now, the Lord had said to Abraham, get out of your country from your family and from your father's house to a land that I will show you. So it starts off with Abraham called by God to go to a place. How many people in here are called by God? Do you believe it? Are you called by God? Yeah, I believe it. I'm called by God. And Abraham was called to a place, to inheritance that talks about, and God made him a promise. So I believe that this story is not just about Abraham, but God wants to speak something to you tonight, that you are called to a place and God has made a promise to you. So tonight we want to get into that and just see what is it that God has promised to you? Because there's no one less and no one more. God will be the same to you if you want it, if you want it. And it talks about in Genesis chapter 13, turn there if you want to, verse 14 and 17. It says, God made a covenant with Abraham. That meant he made him such a promise that God would fulfill it no matter what it cost him. 
because that's the kind of God that we have. If God says something to you, he says, this is for you. You can be sure that it is for you. And God's not going to go, oh, well, I can't quite make it this Sunday. Even though I promise I'll be with you always, I can't quite make it. He's not like that. God's promise is that he will be with you always, even to the ends of the earth, which is New Zealand. So God will do it if he says it. Is that right? All right, let's look at verse um, 18. Oh, no, I'll skip through that one. What I want to ask you, a few questions actually. So listen up, put your ears on, listen. What is it that God has spoken to you about? And if he hasn't, why not? And if he hasn't, why not tonight make an opportunity for God to speak to you? Because I don't want anyone in this place not to, not to have God speak to them tonight if you haven't. I want God to speak to you tonight, and I believe that he will. And I know that he's here, and he wants to speak to you tonight. Maybe he's already spoken to you. Maybe he's already given you a promise, whatever it is. I write them down in my journals at the beginning of the year. Whenever God sees something, I write it down so I don't forget. Because Abraham had a promise from God. And do you know how long it took for it to come? Quite a long while. But, but so what do you see? What do you dream? Who's got a dream in this place they want to see happen? Who's had God say something to them? Who's had God say something to them, yeah? All right, that's good. Because I don't want to um, rush ahead. If you want to have God speak to you, maybe we should make some time and have God speak to you right now so we can all go through it. So um, Abraham, oh, he had a promise from God, and I just want to bring something out. He kept that promise fresh in God. All those altars that he made, I counted up how many times God said, him, said to him what the promise was. And before it actually happened, it was chapter 12, chapter 13, chapter 15, chapter 18, chapter one other more, anyway. And God said the same thing to him over and over and over again for about, I don't know how many years, 77 years to his 99. I think that's 13 years before anything began to happen in his life. 13 years. Who's here that's 13? There. Yeah, Jess, you're not 13. <laughs> But um, he didn't, Abraham didn't forget, and he didn't let it lie down and say, okay, God, you said that to me, and that was nice, and it looks good written in my diary, and I'll, you know, that's cool. But what Abraham did, he kept it fresh in God, and I was thinking, God, how did he do that? How did he keep it? Because he's a man of faith, so he said, God, I'm not letting go till I see this happen. God, I want what you have for me, because that's me, Anna speaking. God, I want what you have for me. I don't know how it's going to happen. And God, I want it. God, I was born for this. God, I was born for this. And so Abraham, I was thinking, what did he do? What did he do? There's, guess what? It's only simple. It's only three things that I could find that we can do the same with the promises that God. So what is the promise God has for you? thing about that. That's what Abraham did. He built an altar and he would spend time with God. So the presence of God would come around and he would dream. He would spend time listening to what God had to say to him. How many people find that sometimes with you get busy, there's things you've got your cell phone over there, not turn This is what I do. Sometimes I have to hide my cell phone somewhere far, far away because it's like when I'm talking with God or spending time praying, it's like, oh, I wonder who's texting me. It's like, no, and I have to put it somewhere far away because otherwise I get distracted from God for just by simple things sometimes. But Abraham built a place in prayer, and he used to spend time hanging out with God because God would speak to him so specifically and so clearly. And that is really, really good because I want that in my life. Who wants that in their life? Yeah? Why not? Let's have it. So he would build time with God in prayer. 
He would call upon the name of the Lord. I thought that was really funny when I read it. He called upon the name of the Lord, like he's spending time hanging out. And he called upon the name of the Lord. And I guess I guess I was singing about it and he was saying, God, you are the awesome God. You are the one that makes the heavens and the earth. God, you said this would be mine. God, you said I would inherit the nations. God, you said I would have children, many, many, many children. And he held on to that all the time that um, before it even came, and he couldn't see it. It wasn't happening, but God said it, so he believed it because he was a man of faith. And that's the kind of person I want to be. That's the kind of person that inherits the promises of God. It says in Galatians 6, 6 verse 9, if you grow, don't give up, don't quit. You'll have what God promises to you. It's one of my favorite verses. It's very, very good. And another thing, he called upon the name of God. So he described, God, this is who you are, absolutely. God, you're not down here. God, I'm not I'm coming and begging. God, I'm not using you to further my career and whatever I'm doing. God, but I place you as the highest. God, I declare who you are in my life. And I was always thinking, if I called upon the name of the Lord, that's almost like getting his attention. God, God, I want to speak with you. God, I need you in my life. And I was thinking, it's like, if you call upon the name of your mum, mum, like, if I did that for my, to my mum, mum will go, don't yell at me, come and talk to me. So I believe there's the same kind of thing that Abraham did. He would call out, God, God, and God would say, I'm right here, talk with me. I believe Abraham, somehow, I'm still, I'm going to get it the same. I want to speak, I want God to speak to me the same way that Abraham and God spoke together. I want to have that, the same way God spoke to Abraham, I want to have that in my life because I know I can. Because God's the same, like Rachel said, God's the same. He doesn't change. So if he can speak that specifically to Abraham, I want him talking to me the same way. Because I can have it, and I believe I'll have it. That's good. This is good. And, sorry. Yeah, how do you keep the promise fresh? So you've got a promise from God, I believe. More than you know, I believe you've got a promise from God to inherit. Because as Christians, we've got more than just going to church and being good and smiling prettily or being nice on a Sunday. I believe there's much, 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 much more than just going to church and being saved because, oh, that's really boring. That is really boring to me. And I believe that, because when God said you can have life and have life in abundance, that's what we can have. So who's living a wild life? Who wants to live a wild life? Why don't you make some wild noises to me right now? <laughs> All right. So turn with me in chapter, chapter, um, Genesis, chapter, Chapter 15 in verse 2. And Abraham said, Lord God, what will you give me seeing I go childless? See, God had promised him a child 13 plus years ago. And he was going, Abraham said, God, what will you give me seeing I go childless? God, no kids. There's no kids, all right? God, it's good that you said that, but it's not happening. So what's happening, God? So and he's got a slave, and he's going to hear it all that he has. But he knows that's not what God had for him. He knew there was something more. 
And Abraham said, look, you've given me no offspring indeed, no one is born in my house to be the one that inherits all that I have. So he's going, God, yes, I agree with what you say, but God, I don't see it. God, I don't see it yet. And then behold, the word of the Lord came to him saying, this one shall not be your here, this slave that's been in his house for a while. By law, he'll be the one that would inherit because he's got no kids. So God said to him and said, this one shall not be the one that inherits, but the one who will come from your own body, your own son, shall be the one that inherits. And then God took him outside, like they lived in tents out in the desert. And man, the stars would be really bright because there's no streetlights. And God brought him outside and said, look up to heaven, look up and see and count the stars if you are able to number them, Abraham. Try it. I think he was trying to, he was being a bit sarcastic to him. And said to him, so shall your descendants be. So God had come again and said this, count all the stars if you can. This is how much I am going to give you. And then Abraham believed the Lord and he accounted it to him for righteousness. And Abraham then came and made covenant with him. And so I went on through the chapters I've been reading. And it finally comes to chapter 21. This is many years later. And after a whole lot of drama and passion and intrigue, and if you watch Shortland Street, you should read this because it's much, much better than Shortland Street, much more intrigue, the passion, the betrayal, the dramas. And then chapter 21, verse 1, it says, this is amazing. And the Lord visited Sarah, which is Abraham's wife, as he had said, and the Lord did for Sarah as he had spoken. So Sarah was able to conceive. She was... 90-something years old or more, really, really, really old, well past menopause, if I can say that word, well, really, really, really old and wrinkly, unable to have children. So this was something that God had done. Sometimes, sometimes there's a delay in having what God has said you will have. How many people here have got a promise and they're holding on to see what will happen? How many people in this place, you've got a promise from God? Well... I can't wait to see it happen. So that happened. The sun came, and then we skip across to chapter 22, and this is the part that I really, that really got me. That's like, I've thought about this for like three weeks. It, I just, it's just amazing. It's just, oh my goodness. It says here, now it came to pass, chapter 22, verse 1, it came to pass after these things that God tested Abraham. God tested Abraham and called him to him and said, Abraham. And Abraham said, here I am. God was going to test his heart. Because you know what? God is interested in what goes on the inside of your life. You can fill people by the outside looking good. You know, I've got it together. Yeah, I'm fine. Don't ask me again, you know, before I claw your eyes out. Just leave me alone, you know. You can fool people by being happy for a little while. You can have it together on the outside, but on the inside, what's your heart like? That's what God is interested in. Like when David, King David was chosen, all the sons came before him. Of the, you know, there's dad of all these sons. They all came before the guy that was choosing the king. And he looked on and said, God, this must be the one. He is, he is hot stuff. You know, he looks good. He looks like a prime minister. And... Then David was brought before him, and God said, this is the one because he's got the heart that I value. He's got a heart that values the things of God, that values the presence of God. He's got a heart that's after me. He's got a heart that will choose me over anything else. 
So when God tests your heart, he wants to know where's your heart at? Is your heart being so busy and caught up in stuff? Has it got cold? Has it got selfish? Is it all about me, me, me? God wants to, I believe tonight, wants to challenge heart condition about where you're at. About where you're at. So in chapter 22, verses 1 and 2, God says, Abraham, and Abraham said, here I am. And God said to him, take now your son, your only son Isaac, whom you love, and go to the land of Moriah and offer him there as a burnt offering on one of the mountains, which I shall tell you. Now, I don't know about you, but if God said that to me after all these years of having a son, I was going, I'd say, God, I used to think I was crazy, but God, now it's you that's crazy. Come on, this is the son that you promised. God, this is the promise. God, God, I can't. And if I was Abraham, I would make so many excuses. I'd go, how about next year, this time next year maybe? And then I would make tracks for somebody where God couldn't find me. Or, you know, I will just put my fingers in my ears and not listen. I mean, how many times when God speaks to you about and challenges you about things, do you do that? I know I've been guilty of doing that. And I'm working out because I want to be able to be a kind of person when God says, Anna, over here. And you go, yeah, okay. I'll put it down, God. And I go where you say to go. And I don't do what I want to do, but God, I value what you say. God, I value your presence. God, and I go, God, where you say to go. And it talks about in Hebrews, it mentions Abraham again because he's a legend. And it says, and Abraham went not knowing where he was going, but believing that God had promised it to him. And he was, oh, just so challenges me. I want to be a man, or oh, I don't want to be a man. I want to be a woman like that. That is so, so values the things of God and so values the call of God and the, and whatever it is that he says to me that I am able to go and do what he says to do. Whether, I don't know what it is that he'll call me to do, but I want to be in a position, have a heart that's soft towards God, that's not concerned about saving myself, but I will go with God because I believe every person in this place that you are called to follow Jesus Christ and you're called to love Jesus Christ. And who knows what comes out of that, but I'm sure it'll be really, really exciting. So what would your response be if you had an only son, okay, for many years you had no children, you finally got a son, then God said to you, I want you to go and put it on the altar. I want you to make a sacrifice of that only son that you have. What kind of excuses would you make up if you were Abraham? What would you say? Like, oh, no, I get stuffed. I don't think so. Or things like that. Go, but Abraham, this is amazing. It's like, this could be my memory verse for the rest of my life. As for Abraham, look in, chap in chapter 22, verse 3. So Abraham arose early in the morning, not a year later, not procrastinating and putting it off, going, God, I don't think it's a good idea. You know, you know, I know you're God, but, you know, I know better. But he didn't do that. Abraham rose early in the morning, saddled his donkey, and took two of his young men, and he went to the place where God had chosen for him to sacrifice his son. Like, that's just amazing. Like, it's like, oh my goodness. I mean, I would leave it to as long as possible before, you know, I do what God calls me to do. I mean, I'm guilty of that. I don't know how many other people will find that as well, but when God calls you to do something, it's like, yeah, God, and then you don't do it. I'm just as guilty of that, but I want that to change in my life. So Abraham rose early in the morning. He rose early in the morning. I just think, I just can't get over it. He just, God said that to him, and he got up, and he went, and he did it. He went up there, and he took his son, and he laid him on the altar. 
And I believe that shows us like, what is the most precious thing in your life that God is saying to you tonight? Do you value me more than the most precious thing in your life? Is it your life? Is it the way you want things done? Is it the way you want God to work in your life? Is it, what is it in your life that is so precious to you much more than what God is calling you to do? What will your response be if God said to you, I want you to lay this down. I want you to lay down this relationship. I want you to, um, to lay down this behavior. I want to challenge you. I want you to lay down this mindset. I want you to put it down on the altar and make sure it dies there. <laughs> so I believe God wants to um, challenge people in this place tonight. Because who wants to stay the same? Who wants to stay the same? Do you want to stay the same? I don't want to stay the same. So this is one place that you can have God come in and bring change in your life. So will you place, I believe, out of this story, I just want to bring one thing. Will you place your life on the altar? Will you give God everything of your life? Will you give him the very best of what you have? Will you give him what is most precious to you? And I believe that is almost running your life your own way, doing things in your life your own way. I believe God wants to challenge people here today, whether you're young, whether you're old. Is your dream fresh in your life? Are you meeting with God and speaking with Him about it? And what is God speaking to you tonight that you have to let go of? Because often when God says let go of something, He's got something more for you. Look down here in verse 16 in chapter 22. Oh, sorry, verse 15 in chapter 22. And the angel of the Lord, because Abraham went to um, put the knife into his son, basically, pretty gross. But he went to do what God had called him to do. And then the angel of the Lord said, nah, stop. In verse 11, the angel of the Lord called him and said, Abraham, Abraham. And he said, here I am. And he said, don't lay your hands on this son or do anything to him. For I know that you fear God since you have not withheld your son, your only son from me. And then God provided for him a ram, and they slaughtered him and made an offering to God right there instead of his son. And then the angel of the Lord, in verse 15, called to Abraham a second time out of heaven and said, By myself I have sworn, says the Lord, because you have done this thing and have not withheld your son, your only son, because you have not withheld what is most precious to you, because you have valued the things of God, because you have valued me, place such a value on me, look and see what I will do, it says here. Blessing, I'll bless you, and multiplying, I'll multiply your descendants as the stars of the heaven. So even as Abraham gave up the most precious thing in his life, God said, because you did that, I'm going to give you all this. And he didn't have to kill his son, which is oh, such a relief. That'd be really gross part of the Bible. And it's really hard to explain when you're doing Bible study with young people why God did that. But anyway, so what do you do when God calls you? And what have you done with the promises that God has given you? Whether you're older, whether you're younger, what have you done with the promises that God has given you? Have you just put them to one side and said, okay, God, okay, that's good, God, but I don't see it, so I'll just leave it there. But I want you tonight, just have a think, what is it that God said to you? What dreams have you, has God given you? When you were little, growing up, what is it that God's showing you? What is the last, over the last year, what has God spoken to you about that you could do? What are the promises of God for you? What 
has God said that you can have? And do you want it? Mostly, do you want it? So tonight, before we finish up, I just want you to shut your eyes right now. Why don't you shut your eyes? God, and before God, ask him, God, what is it? What is it in my life, God, that you're speaking to me about that I have to let go of? What is it that you have called me to? What promises have you made for me? Because, God, we want them. God, we're born to walk in them. God, we want our inheritance in you. I believe these people here tonight, you can open your eyes if you want to. I believe that these people here tonight, and God's given you a dream. God's given you a promise. But also I believe God wants to say to you, do you, will you come and place your life on the altar? Will you come and place your life and, and give up your own rights, your own way of living so that I can bring so much more in your life? See, Abraham didn't know how this would end out. He just trusted God as what God had said. And he went, I just, I want to be like him. I want to have that in my life. So tonight... What promises has God said to you? What do you want in God? And will you open up your life? Will you give him the very best? Will you give him your life and see what will come out of it? So I want to challenge you tonight. If you've got a dream in this place and you need the breath of the Holy Ghost to come upon it again. If you've got a dream, oh, just God, I want to see this happen. God, you said this. God, they had it. Why can't I? God, I want it. God, I want to see you move through my life. God, I want what I can have because I'm your child. God, and you don't withhold good things from your children. So what dreams do you have? What do you want? And do you really, really want it? And will you give up everything to have that? Will you give up everything in your life to have God? Because it's one thing to chase the dream, but it's another thing to have God. Are you chasing God? So tonight, who in this place has got a dream? Wave your hand over. Who in this place has got a dream? They want to see something happen. They want God to move through their life. God has spoken to them. Well, tonight I believe God wants to breathe upon those dreams again. But first, you need to put your life saying, God, I give you everything in my life. God, I hold nothing back. God, I give you the dream. God, I give you the promise. God, I give you my life. God, I give you myself tonight. God, I give it up. God, not knowing, God, what will come out of it? Even God, but I trust you. So if you're in this place and you're like that tonight, why don't you put up your hand right now? In this place, you've got a promise and you need the breath of God to come on again. Why don't you put up your hand right now? If you're in this place. And while I was speaking, who in this place knows in their heart, God, I've held back. God, I've kept things for myself. God, I haven't put my life out where it's received. God, I haven't given you all of my life. 
If that's you tonight, I just want to challenge you. Will you come up tonight and before God say, God, I give you all of my life. God, I hold nothing back. God, I hold nothing back tonight. If that's you in this place, why don't you just come up the front right now? And I believe God wants to meet with you tonight. Before you do, just one more thing. If you're here in this place and you don't know Jesus Christ, I want to extend an invitation to come and meet with Him. If you're here in this place and you've heard, oh yeah, my friends are Christian. I knew God once, but never ever have you asked Jesus Christ in to be Lord and Savior in your life. Tonight, I want to give you an opportunity. Is anyone here in this place and you don't know Jesus Christ and you want to ask Jesus Christ into your life? I just want to invite you right now. Why don't you just put up your hand and say, I want to have Jesus Christ come in my life. That's you tonight. Every head and eyes closed, every head bowed right now. Is anyone in this place and you don't know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior? But there's something in your heart that says, God, I, God, are you real? God. If you're in this place and you want Jesus Christ to come be Lord and Savior, why don't you just lift up your hands right now while no one's looking? Is there someone in this place you want to give your life to Jesus tonight? Why don't you just slip up your hand right now? That's awesome. That's awesome. Holy Ghost. Right now, why don't you just all stand to your feet? And I want that girl that put up her hand. Why don't you just come up the front? Let's give her a welcome, guys. I'm just going to pray a prayer. Everyone's going to join in. So let's just pray. Just, I'll just pray and just come in after this. Okay. Dear Jesus, thank you for loving me. Today, Jesus, I give you all of my life. And I ask you to come be Lord and Savior. And I acknowledge you as the Savior of my soul. And tonight, Father, I ask for your forgiveness for the sin of my life. And God, I thank you that tonight, because you died on the cross, that you took away all of my sin. And I accept you right now as the Savior of my soul. God, I just release your presence around about your life.
Holy Ghost. If you're like that tonight, you've got a dream. It's like, I've almost forgotten about it. Why don't you make your way up the front tonight? Because I believe God wants to encounter you right here in this place. Why don't you make your way up to the front right now? If that's you, you've got a dream.
God, we thank you right now, God, that you are well able. God, you're not limited, God, by who we are. God, but you are well able. God, we declare that tonight. God, over our lives, God, you are well able. Why don't you right now raise up your voice and begin to declare it over your life, over your dreams. God, you are well able. God, you are well able. Why don't you stir up in your spirit right now? God, you are well able. you to follow me in this prayer right now and then I want the ministry team to come up and I just want to release again a fresh breath of the Holy Ghost and if you need someone to pray with you about leaving your life at the altar you just let them know and they'll stand with you right now so I just want you to follow me in this prayer right now Jesus come on you say it loud on there Jesus I declare that you are well able God, there's been discouragement around my life. God, I stand on the promise. God, that you are well able. God, I thank you that your promises are yes and amen. And right now, Holy Ghost, breathe afresh upon my life. And right now, Holy Ghost, God, I live my life on the altar. God, I pray you'll come tonight on my life. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. All right. We could just have people come up and pray with people. Come on, why don't you just reach out to the Lord right now?